Overnight Show, episode five. I'm here sitting with Zach Gucci. We just released a very good album. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so again, just to preface, I'm most likely going to be prefacing, prefacing this in every podcast. This is a no cuts podcast. Anything that's said stays in. Okay. Um, no editing, just kind of pure raw conversation. So whoever's listening kind of feels like they're listening in on something that isn't heavily produced. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you're sitting around just having a conversation. Yeah, you're just kind of chilling with the boys, just kind of just getting a deeper dive on an artist's perspective. So first, I'd just like you to introduce yourself and any um, just anything about you that the audience should know. So guys, uh, my name is Zachary Gucci. Um, I'm a new, pretty new artist from northern New Jersey. Um, I'm writing the music I go by is it's a uh, it's a little sad esque, you know, kind of like slower, a little more scene, not as much rap. Um, like like Ahmed said, I just dropped a new album, and along with that, I dropped a music video for the second track on the album. It's called World World Burn. Um, you guys should go check it out. It's on YouTube right now. Sweet. Uh, again, in full transparency, I am reading off a questions list. So if I'm looking down more than I'm looking at the camera, it's just because I'm kind of going through my notes. Um, so I definitely do want to start off with your inspirations into music because like any other artist, you're definitely going to derive some type of inspiration from a certain genre or a certain um, type of flow or a certain person. So who would you say your main inspirations are in music? Yeah, so it's definitely like I listen to a lot of music. Um, so for the most part, you know, my biggest the biggest artist I listen to, like, I couldn't live without him type of stuff. It's uh, Juice World. You know, I've listened to him for so long now. It's almost as if, like, I'm not even thinking about it when I go to, um, to, you know, to write my own stuff. Like, I'm not stealing his flow, but I'm like, you know, what could I do to play with this? Kind of like, I really like this guy. Like, what what is he doing good that I could do as well? Um, and then the other big guy is Lil Peep. A little more mumbly, like, mm-hmm. singing, but still, like, you know, a little more, a little more rhythm, like good melodies, stuff like that. Um, so those are, those are, those are my two artists this year. Top two artists on my Spotify, actually. Um, just because I listen to them so much. They're pretty much ingrained in my head at this point. And how long have you been listening to, to those two? Because tragically, both of them aren't with us anymore. So I'm sure getting inspiration from them now is even more, um, it kind of just like, it's a harder note just because there's no new music there's nothing there's no social media from them you just you they're not with us anymore yeah definitely you know it's it's a shame that they both died way too young i think that um like juice world he had such a huge impact and i think it only would have been uh greater if he had still been alive to this day he would if he wasn't already the biggest artist in the world he would be the biggest artist in the world mm-hmm. um same with Pete. he really got a lot of love after he died and i must admit i didn't really pay attention to him until after he had died as well um at first you know like i was like i don't know if i really like it um but it kind of it grew on me um so he was more recent i started listening to him like literally within the past year like i had heard some of his songs before but i don't know something kind of clicked where i was like i really relate to this music now and it's like i really enjoy listening to it um but juice i started listening to him a long time ago uh one of my boys he put me on trying to think like i don't know i couldn't drive yet so i was like 16 i have to say um i'm 21 now just for reference so 
Um, I just remember like I was I was like suffering from a concussion. I was sitting in my room and my boy Ant he pulled up and he was trying to cheer me up because <laughs> I was like, down in the dumps. You know, I wasn't I wasn't feeling too hot. Mm-hmm. And he pulls up. He's like, "Yo, here's your gummies. All right, listen to this new shit I found." Right? And he put on Juice World. And I was like, "Holy shit!" At first, I was like, "Is this fucking Post Malone?" Yeah, I, I mean, I guess you could um, you can make that for the first time listening to uh, the Juice World's music. You can make that kind of connection that he does um, draw inspiration from Post Malone. Um, his music was definitely um, just revolutionizing the scene of quote unquote sad music. Oh, yeah. Most of his most of his lyrics were um, kind of down in the dumps. I guess you could you mm-hmm. could describe it. But at the same time, it had an upbeat feel to it. So if you're not really paying attention to the lyrics, you could still kind of be bopping along and like getting hyped to the music. But if you really sit down and you listen to some of the pieces, it's it's very upsetting. Mm -hmm. Um, Would you say that your music kind of resembles the same uh, the same spirit? I guess you would call it that. If you don't want to listen to anything lyrically, but you still kind of want to have a good time and and listen to the music, would you be able to throw on a song? off of the album and just have a good time and at the same time kind of just take a seat and listen to the deeper meaning yeah i get what you mean so definitely it would be uh, lies for sure because like it's it has that juice world inspiration in it um it's a it's a juice world type beat mm-hmm. actually yeah so like most of my songs um as of right now they're just like uh youtube producers very good youtube producers though cast controls definitely one of the best i don't actually know him personally but just like his shit is very good mm-hmm. um so yeah, I would definitely say lies because it's a little more like it's a little more heartbreaky, but it's very upbeat and the beat is very up tempo. So even if you're not listening, like you could be singing along and still not really grasping the lyrics themselves. You're just kind of like, all right, like I like this, like, mm-hmm. I like the, I like how this is going. Like I'm feeling, like, I feel like I gotta move. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, now to segue back a little bit into your past, when did you start making music, and when did that switch hit to where? you were like, wow, I think I could actually put something out and have everybody listen to. Yeah, so, I mean, just going back really far, like, my earliest memory, I remember in, like, second grade. Like, um, this wasn't anything too serious, and it's a very, like, like out-of-frame memory. Like, it's, like, I remember it, but it's, like, was, did it really happen? Um, like, I wrote a song, like, about baseball or something, and I hadn't really touched music anytime since. You know, I was, like, in band in middle school or something, but, like, that's nothing serious. Like, everybody kind of has that phase. Mm-hmm um so i didn't really start getting like serious or even like touching it until recently like within the past year like probably like july june um i sat down because i was like since i listen to so much music it's like kind of in my head sometimes like you know how you be in the shower you get those shower thoughts right like yeah um i was just kind of like like i would have beats in my head that i would hear and then i would just kind of like freestyle a little bit so i eventually i decided like all right so i'm gonna try to put some pen to paper like write some down see what it can do and I, I surprised myself a little bit. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the best because no, no one is ever good to start off. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm still working. Like every day is you're working. But I was like, I showed it to a couple of my friends. So I was like, I don't even know what I'm gonna do with this. I just like I thought it was kind of cool. I wanted to share it with you. And um, the feedback was like, you know, this is this try is, this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, any good supportive friend would kind of just tell you. Just do it. If you fail, you fail. Mm-hmm. It only builds character, honestly. Yeah. Um, and um, it really started, like, writing music as a whole really started as, like, an outlet. Like, that's why, like, the songs are somewhat personal, like, to a certain extent. It's really, like, drawing on experiences from somewhere else and then 
storytelling with it almost right adding elements it's it's like um you know i draw i draw this a lot from like stand-up comedians where they're always like you have a story right but you have to pull out the elements that you want to blow up to mm-hmm. make it better so that's kind of how i how i go about it um mm-hmm. just like what am i feeling right now what can i do with this how could i use these emotions to create a story it doesn't even have to be the story of what i'm exactly feeling in that moment but that emotion could be supplemented for like what what i would be feeling in that moment and just kind of building upon that yeah i think stand-up comedians is honestly a great example um i'm huge like i, I love stand-up it's like i'm one of the only like type of content that i really do watch and uh, i don't know how like well versed you are in in uh, like the stand-up world Mm-hmm. But people like Burt Preischer. I love him. Yeah, he, he's him he's so probably one of my favorite. Like even his podcast is great. Him and Tommy Buns. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Um, even both of them, Tommy Buns and Tom Segura. Yeah. Just for anybody that isn't um, just doesn't know the space as much, they both. They're they're able to use their body, to portray more than just whatever they're saying. Another awesome example would be um Sebastian Maniscalco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not as big of a fan of him, but I know who he mm-hmm. is. He could just do something and not say anything at all, and you'll still just be laughing. Yeah, body language is very key. Yeah. Would you say body language is as key with um writing music or at least shooting a music video? Do you think you could um send out the message that you're trying to portray, even if you're not using words? Yeah, definitely. I mean, in terms of like the writing music aspect, unless I'm physically performing somewhere that like body language is huge then because if you're not feeling it the crowd's not going to feel it mm-hmm. i haven't even been up on stage yet but that's just kind of like basics like you have to know that like you have to put full effort into it because if you're not in your shit 100 percent, why should anybody else be do you plan on performing anytime soon yeah i would love to perform sometime soon um i am going back to school soon okay so that makes it tough because everybody yeah. i know is up here that's understandable yeah. but i mean at least you'll be able to expand your horizons um to wherever you go to school yeah. and here so you'll you'll know people in both scenes yeah i got i have some potential opportunities down in school just have to see how it works out hopefully hopefully all good things but you, you never know how it'll go so you, so you for know. sure yeah um but again going back to the past did you release any other music prior to this album yeah prior to this album so the number one song on the album is a horoscope mm-hmm. like just number one on the track list meaning um that was the first song i put out Actually, I think correctly. That was the second song I put out. I put that on August. That was the first one I put out on Apple Music Spotify. Um, I had another song before that that I put on SoundCloud. It was um, it was named Silence of the Lambs because one of the bars in the in the song is like comparing it to like I'm in a like I'm in a well that I can't get out of pretty much like just mm-hmm. in a deep hole of depression. Um, that was the first one I put out. That was very much X inspired, um, like almost subconsciously too. Like I didn't even realize I was doing it until I kind of looked back and listened on it. I was like, oh, okay. Kind of caught me by surprise a little bit. But... Mm-hmm. Would you say that uh, you mentioned a song called, uh, named um, Horoscope? Yeah, and that was an earlier piece of uh, piece of work. Did you uh, go through the process of uh, rewriting or remastering it to put it on this album? I didn't change anything about it. Um, it was a very short song, so it was kind of like no choruses or verse, like just a verse, no chorus, mm-hmm. um, straight through. So I didn't really change anything about it just because it was like I don't know. Like, it was good as it was. I didn't want to play with it, touch it, or anything, so... Mm. Uh, touching on the more sad note of your music, um, is that something that you pull from personally to make that type of music? 
or is it more of um, just the type of genre that you want to be into? Or how, how did that all play out? So it's definitely a little bit of both because I listen to these artists, you know, like that's what I'm used to. That's what I'm used to hearing. It's, it's a little easier to draw from that. Um, but then personally, like, yeah, definitely. Um, it's like I said, it's not like exact, what, like what I'm putting into it. Like, it's not like this is happening here. So it's like, I'm writing about it, but yeah, definitely elements of it. You know, I, um, I have, I've suffered from depression currently as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's tough, but you know, writing about it and talking about it, it's, it's very important to me because I know like if I'm feeling this way, somebody else is feeling this way. And it's like, it's coming from like, like no one's really listening to me, but even still, like, even if it touches one person, just helps them just to know that somebody else is feeling the same way they are. You know, it's like, I feel like I succeeded mm -hmm. because that's, um, that's what Juice World really did for me. Just listening to him. And, you know, I can't relate exactly. He's talking about, you know, doing all types of things. Mm -hmm. that I, I don't think he clearly did. Yeah. But it's like the meaning behind it, or at least how I interpret it, because that's a big thing in music is how you interpret it. So, um, which is going back to my point, like, yes, like I'm talking about things from myself, my perspective, but I, I keep them generic enough to the point where it's like anybody can relate. You listen to the song and however you interpret it, that's how it's meant to be interpreted. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, do you ever see yourself transitioning into more of an upbeat type of of genre? Because right now you're you're mostly the uh like the the very type of chill hip hop, like again like Juice World X. Do you ever see yourself doing something more of a, a, like a little peep mumble rap or like an Uzi type of type of flow or anything like that? I mean, I definitely like to experiment. Like nothing's off the table um, in terms of whether I'd actually put that out or not. I mean, that depends on how good it comes out. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, like most of my songs are pretty sad, like a little upbeat. Uh, aggression, though, that one's a little more intense. It's a little angrier, a little out of my comfort zone. You mm -hmm. know, I was a little, felt a little awkward about it at first, but it grew on me. One of my favorite songs on the album is definitely Projecting. Uh, I feel like that's a very good mix of, of like, sad music, but at the same time, music you could throw on, like, whenever, like even if you're doing day-to-day -day tasks. Mm -hmm. um, what was the process of writing that song in particular? Because that's the only song on the album that you do have a feature on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I started writing that song by myself. Um, I just kind of had an idea. So usually what happens is, like, I'm just feeling it. Like, I'm not like, I'm going to sit down at this time this day and write this song. It's like, I'm feeling it. So at the moment, I was just like, you know, I have something I like to get off my chest. So I sat down and I wrote to kind of work through it. And I was like, all right, I like this. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this somewhere. I flushed it out once I had a chorus. I was like, all right, put that here and here. Um, insert a verse there. And then all right, I really, I was like, I really want to get a feature. Because um, this was a pretty recent, recently that I wrote this. And um I really want to include somebody in my project, just, you know, one of my homies. Um, so my boy, Ant, he, uh, he goes by the projector on the song. Uh, I showed him it. He was, he was messing with it. So I went over to his place. We sat down. Uh, we just brainstormed. I showed him what I had again, kind of how the flow was moving on the beat. So he sat there and was like, all right, how can I, how can I approach this? So he tried, we tried a couple of different things. And then once he got it, sat there, he wrote out the verse, and we just kind of, he bounced it back, back and forth off of me to see how I was feeling about it. I didn't really have too many notes because he's, he's very good at what he does. Mm -hmm. so. um, touching a bit more on, on your workflow, you said that you don't have a designated time. You kind of sit down and write. Um, is it just kind of a spur of the moment or you have an idea and you jot it down in your, like your Apple notes mm -hmm. or are you more of a pen and paper type of person? How, well, my question is, how, what's your 
ideal music workflow? Okay, so yeah, it's pretty random. Um, there are some times where I'm like, I would like to write. It's like I haven't written in a while, so let me sit down and just see what I can get out. But um, the times that I made the best songs, like most of them in the album, it's like, all right, I'm feeling this right now. I really want to write. Let me just sit down, sit here for like an hour, right? See how I'm feeling about it, get into it. If I like it, I'll continue it. But I can kind of tell like at least a minute into what I'm writing, like, do I really like this or not? Like, should I continue this? If the answer is yes, then I just, like I said, I just keep going. I flush it out. I do everything in the sitting. Because it's like, if I may not be feeling that that same way I was initially later on, so I just don't want to risk, like, messing up the creative the creative process. Losing the momentum yeah, as well. exactly. Uh, how long would you say it takes you to create a song from start to finish? Now we're talking, you know, producing, writing, mm-hmm. recording, and all that. So I'm not really producing anything right now. You know, I've dabbled. I've tried to teach myself a little bit. And it's not terrible, but I wouldn't actually put it out anywhere. So most of the time I start by just going on YouTube, um, looking at the few producers that I really mess with on there, and just, like, kind of sifting through the type beats that I would like to use. And once I listen to a couple, pick it out, um, how I'm feeling it. Like, I'll just sit there, and I'm like, all right, how can I start this? Because really that's the hardest part, starting it. Because once you have a starting like a starting point to jump off from you can kind of like you can take it wherever you want to but getting going is a little harder uh so once i get something going just just anything even just like the how i want it to come out with like with my flow i can kind of tell the flow i don't even have to put words to it just kind of humming it out like how would i like it to go here play with the play with the beat um so yeah i just sit down right kind of whatever because it's like it's very much sort of, it's kind of like brainstorming right i'm just kind of trying to put something down if i like it moving continuing with it and you just go with it just going with it just going with the just flow. going with the flow, going with quite the flow literally 100%, yeah mm-hmm. um other than the feature that you have in the album did you end up collaborating with anybody on the album yeah so um i recorded everything at my boy corbin's studio he also makes and mastered everything for me so he really he was a big part of this project because without him i i wouldn't be able to do any of this stuff myself so big shout out to corbin he, he knows exactly what he's doing he's very good at what he does so I, I have seen his workflow, um, you know, in person. And he, the easiest way to put it is that he just knows what he's doing. Yeah, um, he's been at it for long enough at this point where it's almost second nature for him. For sure. Um, you did mention that you recently shot a music video. Yes, I did. And what was the process of shooting that? Was it um, being a little more awkward because you're in front of a camera? Or... Did it feel like it was kind of natural or how did that really work? Yeah, so it was definitely very unnatural. Like, I don't really like being recorded. I don't like being the center of attention. It feels like somewhat narcissistic. Like, I just don't want to be like, hey, everybody, look at me. Like, look what I'm doing. But once you get past that, it's kind of like, all right, like, I know what I'm here to do. It's Mm -hmm. like, there's no need to be embarrassed. They're here because they support me. So it's like, do what you got to do. If somebody's clicking on it first, it's a view towards you so it can't hurt you yeah and if out of the 100 200 300 people that watch it initially mm-hmm. and like half of them 75 percent of them like it then you're not yeah. really losing anything mm-hmm. yeah so um so how i started with the music video is um my neighbor like literally my neighbor like i walk from my backyard to his backyard um i saw that he was making music videos and i was like all right so this is when I had just started though. So I, was like, I don't really have anything that I would want to turn into a music video. I also don't necessarily didn't know where it was going at the time. 
Um, so once I was, I knew I had this album flushed out for the most part. Like I was pretty much done with it. Um, hit him up. His name's Max Levin. He's really, really good at what he does. Um, he directed, shot, edited the whole, the whole music video. Um, worked with green screen. He did that as well. So, um, basically just, I hit him up. I sent him, I sent him a couple of songs. I was like, look, I, I trust you creatively. Like I trust your creativity. Like, listen to this, whichever one you like the best, you tell me. You're, you're going to be the one directing this. Like, I'll obviously have my input, but I want to see where, where you're going with this. Like, what can you do to help bring these songs to life? Like, really show it mm -hmm. visually. And after seeing the video, I, I think you did a great job um, just capturing everything that was in the song and just kind of portraying it in, in a video format. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so for those who don't know, it's, um, it's World Burn. I know I said it earlier, just, just a quick reminder. Um, so... The whole premise of the music video is fire. It's fire. So um, we had this, we had this spot that we picked out, um, kind of in the woods. But we had known someone that had been there previously, so they kind of had a little campsite set up. Um, so we just we found this nice chair. I don't, I don't know. It was just kind of sitting there. So we're like, going with the flow. Yeah, yeah. It was props. So we just set it up. Um, we made the fire. Uh, my boy Dan, pyrotechnics. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he made the fire, and we were just kind of like, we didn't necessarily know what to expect. We, we had an idea of what we wanted to do in our head, but in terms of how that would play out, we, we just had to wait and see. So uh, we shot, um, and then we went back and looked at it, and like the lighting from the fire came out amazing. Mm. Like It really captured the, the essence of the song. Like Very dark in the background, but lit up front. Um, yeah, like I said, fire is definitely the biggest aspect in that song. If you go and watch it, um, the premise world burn, like it comes to fruition towards the end of the song. Mm -hmm. Um, are you planning on shooting any other music videos for any other song on the album or is it kind of just like a, a one and done at the moment? Uh, no, I actually just discussed this with them, uh, recently because, uh, rear view, he would like to do a music video for that. Um, the only issue is I'm not going to be here pretty soon. So it's just, I definitely would like to do it. It's just in terms of like, when can we do this? So. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily a matter of if, just when. It doesn't even necessarily have to be that song, but yes, I would definitely like to make another video with them in the future. Um, just switching gears onto a more lighthearted subject. Mm -hmm. I see you rocking the Gucci shades right now. Yes, yeah, sorry. Which um, I guess directly correlates to your name. It, it does um, indeed, yeah. So how, how did you... What, was there a specific story behind your name, or was it kind of just... Uh, you know, these glasses look kind of cool. I'm going to throw them on and I'm going to start rapping. Yeah, so the, the, the name actually came first before the glasses. Because um, I was kind of sitting there and I was like, all right, if I'm going to put myself out here, like, what, what kind of name do I want? Like, I don't want to just be like a very generic, like, SoundCloud rapper-esque name. I want it to be something where it's, like, recognizable. Like, you don't feel, like, embarrassed saying your name in public. Something like, oh, like, you listen to, like, I don't even know, it's like a little shit stain or something. Like, <laughs> something crazy like that. You know what I mean? So I was talking to one of my childhood best friends, who's still my best friend to this day. I've known him since kindergarten. So we're pretty much family at this point. I was talking to him and I was like, you know, man, like, I really don't know what to do for this name. He was like, bro, I got you. Like, look, look at your contact name, Zachary Gucci. I was like, shit, simple enough. Sounds good to me. Hidden in plain sight. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I definitely think it. Um, it's a unique name for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely a, a, a like a name that you'd remember. It's not kind of just those one and done names that you you'll never think about after hearing a song. Mm -hmm. So, 
definitely good on your friend for having that as a contact for you. Yeah. And um, even more props that you kind of took it and ran. But where when did the uh, the glasses kind of fall into the whole aesthetic of, uh, of Zachary Gucci? Yeah, so currently, I don't know how much longer the picture will be there for, but the picture on most of my socials is me wearing these Fendi glasses. And um, they were my boys. I was just like, shit, those look, rock. Those look really cool. Okay. Yeah, so it's like, um, for my birthday, you know, he he's pretty lavish. So I didn't know really what to expect. I was expecting something a little outlandish because mm-hmm. it's, his, it's his love language. Um, and he got me these Gucci shades, and I was like, he was like, you this can't be perfect. Zachary Gucci without, without the, Gucci the Gucci shades. shades. Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, that honestly just makes perfect sense with, with how it all came together. Um, now, the, the the business side of me, in all honesty, do you see, because obviously if you're making music, and your music is a very high quality, mm. and it's very good music, uh, so I definitely see you as an artist scaling up. Do you feel like the brand Gucci would have an issue with you releasing music under Zachary Gucci? I mean, I feel like that would be an issue for later. I understand. Only because, like, you know, obviously I would love to become big enough where they could recognize me, but I want to take this step by step. But mm-hmm. we could definitely, like, hypothetically, I don't know. I mean, if I'm being, like, I think it really just depends on how my music goes. You know, if I'm if I'm a little too raunchy for them, I can understand mm-hmm. them having an issue with it. Um, But, I mean, a lot of these high fashion brands, they mess with these rappers anyway. So That's it's, like, true. I don't think it would be too much of an issue unless I actually made it an issue. You know what I mean? Like I went out of the way to any any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Um exactly. until it's not. That's mm-hmm. that's the main thing. Just look at Balenciaga at the moment. Yeah. They're under fire pretty uh pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Um you can say some wild things and get the attention you want, but you might not like the outcome. So you have to yeah. be very careful how you play it. You need a you need to put your boundaries until like the threshold. But if you pass that unintentionally, then you're in you're in serious danger. Yeah, you'll have a hard time bouncing back. Um, going back more into the creation of your of your brand, when what year roughly did you start making music? Would you say it was 2022, 2021 into 2022? Yeah, it was it was 2022. I mean, previously to that, just messing around with my friends, kind of freestyling, just just for shits and giggles. Like that was like that's been a couple of years now, like two or three years, but. I didn't like actually sit down seriously and be like, okay, I think this could, I could do something with this until this past year. Hmm. Um, again, just just a more fun topic. If you had to give me a top five, just your favorite artists at the moment, mm-hmm. um, but that are currently here with us, because I know you draw a lot of inspiration from from X, from Juice, from Peep. Yeah. But people that are actively making music in the scene, okay, who would it be? Um, this might be a little bit of a thinker because most of the guys I listen to are dead, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but Frank Ocean. Okay, Frank. solid pick. I love Frank so much. Um, great play, pick. Playboy Cardi. Okay. Yeah. Um, let me think who else. Who got Trippy Red? Definitely. Trippy, Trippy Red. Red definitely. Is great. He's been a constant like top three for me since I started listening to him. Um, I I like a lot of Steve Lacey too. Okay. A little different genre. Same yeah. with the Frank Ocean though. A little different. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Who else would I really mess with like that? Um, did I say Post Malone? You did not. I didn't. I, yeah, I I do like Post Malone. I listen. I used to listen to him a little bit more, not as much, but I definitely still I still really really mess with him. Uh, what about some of like the lyrical titans? Like we're talking like Kendrick Cole, 
Yeah. Um, like Jay Z. Like Jid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denzel Curry. Yeah, I. I don't listen to them as much, and that doesn't mean I like. I really like like listening to their song. It's like it's art. Like what they do is art. Like, Absolutely. Like the double, triple, quadruple entendres that they go on, the tangents that they go on, and everything kind of relates back to a central. A central meaning or a central like purpose mm-hmm. of the song it's it's very impressive yeah that kind of goes back to the interpretation of it because it can really go over your head because it's pretty complex like honestly like i don't even really know most of it yeah, sometimes for j cole's music you kind of just have to sit there with like a like the lyrics in front of you and like break it down bar for bar to see what see what's going on yeah you sit down and dissect it it's yeah. pretty, i mean it makes sense why they only release music like once every five years because mm-hmm. it's so complex i yeah. can't imagine how yeah. hard it is to write like that um yeah just very like it's just a lot and when you started before you started making music and listening to that type of music versus after you started making music did you find more of an appreciation to them to that type of music like Uh, when you actually sat down and wrote your own stuff definitely definitely and um even just from like dabbling trying to produce a little bit like i don't know you can you start to hear certain things that you wouldn't necessarily hear before and it's like, oh, I, where did that come from? Like, I don't, I didn't hear that before, but it was clearly there the whole time. So it's just sometimes your ears don't pick up on things. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, we were talking about just before and after listening to these. Oh, yes, the appreciation behind it. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, nah, it's definitely like, this is, it's hard. Like, especially like, like just going back to Juice, like the fact that he was able to freestyle like that so coherently it would all make sense he could wrap it back around and connect to something he had already mm-hmm. said like and the fact that he was able to do that so consistently like so often for such long periods of time like that is ridiculous like i can't even imagine like i can try and freestyle i can maybe at best give you a minute yeah but he'll go on for 15 20 minutes like it's nothing yeah uh, which is i think some people are just born with that gift uh and the more they do it the more they hone their craft mm. Um, but it'll take years to master and and they they both you know passed or all of these rappers kind of passed around the same age i believe it was 26 yeah um like around 21 and 27 usually yeah, yeah. uh just that amount of pure talent that young is is mind-boggling and segueing from music even if you talk about stand-up comedy Mm-hmm. If you look at Eddie Murphy's Raw, I don't know if you've watched Eddie Murphy's Raw. Mm-hmm. It's iconic. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's what really put him on the map. It's what most comedians now, when when you tell them what like piece of stand-up got you into making your own stand-up, they would say Eddie Murphy Raw. Like we're talking Joe Coy, mm-hmm. Bert Kreischer, Tom Segura, all these people. And when Eddie Murphy released that, he was only 20 years old. That's insane to think about. Like to have these giant titans in the industry, people that are moving thousands upon thousands of tickets, saying that this twenty-year-old's content inspired them mm-hmm. to start making their own stuff. Um, and I feel like with music, you know, like people like X, people like Juice, they had that same effect onto people our age. We see this twenty-two, twenty-three-year-old making this music that millions of people are listening to. What's stopping me from doing the same thing? Exactly. It's definitely like that. It can also be a little discouraging at times, too. So it's just like, oh, like, not to compare, because, you know, that can be, that can be the end of it. Like, 
that can put you in like a pretty dark place. I don't like to do that, but just like just sitting back and being like just observing almost it's like wow, like, it's really crazy to put into perspective. Like they were he was so like all of them so young and so good at what they were doing and like cult followings. Like X had a cult following. Like he was like yeah. he, it wasn't just like oh like, I listened to this guy. It was like no like these fans were like they were devout. Like they really listened to. And you could see the evolution of his music. Like X started with some like. But the song that blew him up was Look At Me, mm-hmm. and that was just, like, the most wild, out-of-pocket song you could think of. But then it slowly, like, turned into things that really make you, like, just sit down, and you're listening to it, you're a bit concerned for the, mm-hmm. like, just for him. Yeah. Just the stuff that he's talking about and the way it's being portrayed. So I think that also added to the cult following that he had. Just because, like you said, if somebody is going through something, having somebody of that scale that has all the money, all the jewelry, all the cars, and they're still going through an issue that you're also going through, mm-hmm. first could be very humbling for the artist and very inspiring for the listener. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost reassuring to know, like, no matter how successful you can be, like, you're still a human being. And yeah, like, yeah, everybody is. Yeah. Everybody can be humbled. That, that's my mentality. It doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm overnight something could happen to you and you'll be humbled so at the end of the day finding somebody that you relate to and just mess with on a more of just like a lyrical level just messing with them on a if i met this person in real life i could sit down and have a conversation with them is very important yeah i think that i think their personalities is a huge part of why they were so successful because you can love somebody's music but what really draws you in is like, oh, like as a person, I really like this guy. Like there's just something about him. Like people like like ex people just kind of gravitated towards him. Same with Juice. It was kind of just like I really It was just something. It was just like that star factor. Just just something where it was like you couldn't explain it, but you knew it was there and it's just it was a huge part mm-hmm. in what was happening with that. I'd like to talk about Juice World's um his life. Or no, I wouldn't say his life, his situation after he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, more people started picking up his music and listening to it. But at the same time, people really started critiquing his life and the things that he's done, especially with his, um, I guess you could call it like ex-girlfriend, girlfriend type of thing and what she did to him. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're caught up, but I'm assuming that you are. How do you feel about that entire situation? Uh I mean, I think it's pretty tragic, honestly. Even just like with Juice, like you can really hear it in his lyrics. This goes, this is going back to saying like you can, you can listen to a song and really enjoy it because it's upbeat. But if you sat down and listened to his lyrics, like yeah, they're good. Like it's some really hard bars. Like it's crazy that he's thinking of this stuff. But almost on every single song, he's crying out for help. Now, whether or not it's like exactly like true, like that's exactly how he's feeling. It was, it was a constant, and I, I forget exactly which song, but he even references like. He said, if it wasn't for these pills, I wouldn't be here. But if I keep taking these pills, I won't be here. Like, it's like, he knew. He was very self-aware, but he was just... You're stuck in a hole. He was an addict, you know? And it's it's very hard when you have those enablers around you where it's like, how can... Like, I'm trying to be better for myself, but everybody that's around me is doing the same thing as me. So they don't see an issue with it, so they're not there to push me to help me get better. Um, And that, like, that goes back to showing Ali's character. Like, watching the documentary, like, it seemed like it seems from the outside perspective like she cared like she was trying to get him to stop and be sober but 
she quite clearly has an issue too and i think that plays into everything that's been happening with her recently in the media like i don't think it was intentionally disrespectful the things she was doing at first like i saw something saying like she gave her the watch that juice gave to her away to her new boyfriend and he was flexing it which is like it's a pretty bad look but i also think that she gave that same guy juice's jewelry yeah. Like, his personal jewelry. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Right? Yeah, which is just, like, Juice being as young as, as he is and working for what he had to just have some random person, even if he's, like, not... Juice isn't around with us. And you can't really take materialistic items with you to the grave. But I just feel like looking at it, it's just... It's just a very tragic situation. Yeah, it definitely is, and it's... It really hurts to see see as a fan because it's like he has this legacy and it's like you hate to put that pressure on someone's shoulders where it's like now the burden is on you but unfortunately it's like she will forever be attached to juice world so whatever she does his name is going to come up regardless and unfortunately right now it's just the fans aren't or his fans just they aren't really happy with how it's been going and i mean it's quite clear i think most of social media has kind of like turned on her a little bit um i mean with their recent like drug arrests i mean that also just proves like like he called it a plug in multiple songs and it's like i think that kind of just if you didn't already believe it like now you can see and that goes back now you could really see yeah yeah that's just kind of like you know that plays back into his drug addiction it was just, i think the, the situation as a whole was just tragic everything i agree um jumping back into into mainstream music i think it's hard to argue that the biggest name in music at the moment is probably drake yeah he's always been to top how do you feel about his music his approach to to writing music and all that stuff because any rapper that is either coming up or is already in the game they're trying to reach that drake pinnacle he's Mm -hmm. he's kind of the apex like the top dog um unpopular opinion i think little baby's entire career started because of that drake feature okay um i don't know too much about that but uh basically drake had him on a feature on a song or it was the other way around little baby had drake on a feature um and then just his career skyrocketed because people were able to find his talent so do you think that more artists of that drake level should be giving smaller artists a chance to hop on a song or hop on one of their songs to try to jump them to that success or do you think that artists should just take the long route i mean speaking from an artist's perspective i'm sure that's the best feeling in the world not only getting recognized by somebody for your talent but then them also liking it enough to put themselves out on a limb to support you um so i can understand why they wouldn't most of the time because it's like my name is now attached to yours so whatever you do my name is somehow going to come up especially when you're the biggest name in music um but in terms of giving out features and stuff, like, yeah, they have they have a huge hand in who can be successful and who can not, because it's really about who you know. If you know the right people, like there's t- there's plenty of people out there that probably, you know, I'm not I don't I can't think of anyone specific, but just like really, like this guy. I think a perfect example of somebody that I think makes very good music, uh, genuinely, and I listen to his music, um, Baby Keem and Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're cousins, yeah. but Kendrick kind of never shouted him out, never did anything mm-hmm. until all of a sudden, and my, my theory is that Kendrick kind of realized that this kid has potential and is taking it seriously, mm-hmm. and then he put him on a song. Yeah. 
Um, and like look at Baby Keem's like trajectory since then. And he's blown up. He's massive now. And he makes he makes good music. And I, I think personally, I think more artists should kind of put smaller artists into the spotlight, mm-hmm. uh, even if it kind of jeopardizes their success. Just because it feels good, like kind of putting somebody or like bringing somebody along with you. Mm. Yeah, it's also pivotal in continuing the the evolution of just the music scene as a whole. You know, it can kind of get a little stagnant out there sometimes. Kind of like everybody's kind of sounding the same. Um, I mean, that's tough because it's very oversaturated. But yeah, like putting putting somebody on. Honestly, I feel like the uh, the bad is. No, like the good outweighs the bad by a lot. So it's like if it works out, like oh my god, now now you just platform this guy. Like he's getting bigger. Like your name's attached. All good things. If it doesn't work out, people will forget. They have a very short memory. Like if they're not good, why would they remember them? Unless they're that bad, then they really out. remember them. Yeah, and it sticks out in your memory. Most of the time, it shouldn't really be an issue in the long term. Well, now with TikTok and all these other social media platforms. Our attention spans have just gotten incredibly short. Oh, it's terrible. Like, if I'm looking at a TikTok and I'm not interested within the first two seconds of seeing it, I'll just swipe to the next video. And it's just an endless cycle. And you look at your screen time and you have a couple hours a day on TikTok, it's kind of scary because you, you forget that you're on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel like TikTok is the new way... To advertise yourself, advertise your music, advertise anything really. Um, have you been taking the TikTok route of putting your content on TikTok, on Instagram, or have you been a little more sheltered, kind of releasing a project and seeing and testing the waters first before doing that? Uh, no, I'm I am on TikTok. Um, I've like like put out content like here and there. Um. But now I'm definitely going to like, because it's a very, as long as it's there, you know, I don't necessarily like agree. Like, I think, like you just said, I think the app is definitely bad. I mean, I'm definitely like having an issue with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm on that. But so as long as it's there, like, it's a very good tool. Like, all it really takes is one video. It it's just be- a single video. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be the stupidest shit, like, in the world. But as long as you pass that, like, 100,000 views, that's 100,000 people. That just saw a video that you made. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of eyes. And it's very, it's very important that once you have that recognition, you can't let it slip away because it's very fleeting. Like you said, attention span is very short. So if you don't really grasp somebody's attention like right away, you're gonna have issues with retention. And especially when you're a smaller artist, like you don't really like like that's your that's your, like your main source of marketing when you're small and starting off. Like it's very important if you have that, know what to do with it. Like don't be surprised by it. You should almost be not expecting, expecting it. Yeah, not expecting it because you deserve it, but expecting it because that's the goal. So mm-hmm. if you eventually get to that goal, what are you gonna do from there? And it could happen to anybody. It could just be a random video. Like it could just be nothing relating to music, nothing relating to anything. But let's say a hundred thousand people see a clip of music that you've produced or, or you've put out, I should say. And 10,000 of them go and check out your Apple Music, go check out your SoundCloud, go check out your anything. That's 10,000 people that just clicked on a link just from watching a video that can be as short as like 10 seconds. Yeah. So I just think it's wild that more people aren't taking the um, the leap of just putting their stuff out on TikTok. 
you know, I will say there's definitely, um, I don't, not necessarily a negative connotation, but if you were to come up in that space, it really depends how you play it because, you know, there's always going to be someone out there saying something, uh, but if you come up in that space, it really depends. Like, how are you marketing your music? Like, because a lot of these, a lot of these uh, rappers, like for the most part, like, you know, their persona, but it's like, how do they actually act? Mm -hmm. Usually the marketing for TikTok, it's very much like, it's, it's kind of personal because you have to relate to the audience and interact with you. So it's a little more like, it's a little more personal where it's not just like, oh, I'm putting this out and I'm just pushing it. Like I have pre-shot things, photos. Like I'm going to create this image for myself. It's not like it's Instagram. Yeah. Instagram, you can kind of just have your post on a queue. You post a photo a day, a couple of stories, and you can have them all ready. But with TikTok, you, kinda, you have to pick up your phone, record a video, make sure that video is ready to randomly blow up, mm. and then put it up. Uh, so I definitely agree with the fact that it's it's a little more personal in the fact that there's just more work and effort involved into it. Mm. Yeah, no, there definitely is. Um, you know, I have something I was just going to say, but it, it disappeared. I understand. Um, <laughs> let's backtrack. We were talking about TikTok, putting out music, mm. people not using TikTok, people not advertising on TikTok. Uh, okay, well, I was, I was going to say this. I was going to say, so even when you do, if you do eventually blow up 100,000 people, dude, even like 500 is a lot. It's like, you don't, you're starting from nothing. So anything mm -hmm. is better than nothing. So it's only upwards. Yeah, exactly. And, and you can't let it discourage you because it's not going to be immediate results. Like in order for it to really work out, like you have to, you're going to have to put the effort into it. You just have to be consistent. Um, I, I was watching this one random tiktok around so i don't remember who it really was but he was saying that yeah he made like call of duty clips on tiktok mm -hmm. and he was saying that i did tiktok for about a month i got no views nothing at all and then i was about to give up but as soon as i hit that one month and one day one of my videos got a million views i gained a hundred thousand followers on tiktok and then my career really started just because i waited that one more day and i didn't quit yeah it's really about perseverance i mean it's a long game. You know, if you really want short results, like there's other ways to go about doing that, but it's certainly not this way. Like I said, you could definitely randomly blow up. That could, that could happen, but more like more, more likely than not, like you're going to have to really like sit down and think about your process and how you go about it to, to be like, how, this is where I want to get, how am I going to get there? I completely agree. I think that social media is, quite literally the future and we're living in that future and anything you do should some way like revolve around social media yeah it's a, you can't you can't ignore it it's it's a part of everyday life everybody uses it you know if you ignore it you have a very big disadvantage uh, i i completely agree um is there anything that you want to plug before we end this episode yeah i would just like to say uh journal entries my baby album, it's out on all platforms under Zachary Gucci. Um, spelled just like you thought, it's, it's okay. It's, it's okay. That's how most normal people spell it. You understand. Um, and then World Burn, the music video, it's out on YouTube under Zachary Gucci. Yeah, if you find my Instagram, there's a link tree there. You can find everything I have right in that one space. Um, so yeah, just check it out, you know. Hope you like it. I, I put some time into it, so... 
Um, even if you don't like it, it's just appreciated that you sat down to take the time and just, just give it a chance. That's awesome. Thank you for being on the pod. Thank you for having me. And um, I'm sure we'll we'll do a few more episodes in the future. Yeah, for sure. But this is Overnight Show, episode number five. And I'll see everybody later. Peace. See ya.